Welcome to a new episode of Land Grant Holy Land State Secret Podcast. My name is Matt Tamanini. On this show, one of our recruiting experts tries to keep me, an old man who doesn't follow recruiting all that closely, up to date on everything that's happening for the future of Ohio State's football and basketball teams. Today, we are welcoming in a new voice to this particular discussion, Land Grant Holy Land's newest recruiting expert, Mick Walker. Welcome, Mick, not only to this podcast, but to Land Grant Holy Land in general. So, you don't like the name for our recruiting podcast. You don't think State Secrets has enough pizzazz is what you're telling me. Yeah, I think we can step it up a little bit for sure. I, I I'm, I'm old and uncreative, so if you've got ideas, bring it on. I'm, I'm all for it. I mentioned it to my girlfriend yesterday, and she immediately said something about babies in the name, so I don't know if I'm going to be shooting to <laughs> her, for her advice on the name. Yeah, that that might be a little different conversation that you have to worry about. So, um, yeah, yeah. If anybody listening has a good idea for a uh, a name for the recruiting portion of the Land Grant Holy Land podcast feed, feel free to tweet us. We will take any and all suggestions. Mick wants pizzazz. I'm fine with state secrets to keep it on brand with our uh, daily recruiting column. He wants pizzazz. He's the new guy. He's the expert. That's fine. I'll I'll, I'll go with whatever. So, uh, uh, I, I'm open to all suggestions. All right, so, Mick, you recently took a trip down south to uh, Cincinnati to southwest Ohio because there is a big conglomeration of football talent, both in the 2020 class and then in some classes moving forward, and you had some visits with a number of players. Uh, There was, like, some high school media days down there as well, and you talked to some parents as well. So let's kind of go through some of the things that you learned on your trip. You started off um, by either getting to talk to or getting to look at Jacob James. Um, what's going on with uh, with him right now? Well, first thing I did was I went to Jacob James. He was volunteering his time. He was helping out at the Elder Freshman Orientation Day. And I came away very impressed after talking to Jacob. I saw him at the camp earlier this year, and I, I didn't get to see a ton of him. But I saw it. It was impressive, but he also was being held out. And now he's fully back from after injuring his labrum this past season. And he's he says he's 100% six months recovered. And I think one thing that doesn't go unnoticed that goes unnoticed about him is that people just read the bio and see that he's a 280 uh, pound offensive lineman and he carries 280 pounds very well. Cause back in his sophomore year, he was a 240 pound tight end. And after he went to an Ohio state camp that summer, Urban Meyer started talking to him. They got him on a nutrition plan. And I, from a, Talking to him from that point on, once they got him on the nutrition plan, he had an offer. It was just all contingent on him getting his weight up to where he's at now, which is about 280 pounds. So he's one of those guys who is, until Ryan Day kind of got that big onslaught of commitments over the summer, he was one of those guys that a lot of fans looked at. He's a three-star offensive lineman, and people were kind of rolling their eyes over the fact that Ryan Day had gotten a couple of these in-state kids, which is always great, but three-star, mid-three-star guys who weren't really living up to the expectations that a lot of fans have of Ohio State recruiting. But you think with being healthy, with getting his body in shape, putting on some muscle weight, you think that there's a possibility that he could end up even moving up inside you know, the, the three-star range, or do you think there's actually a chance that with having a good season, it could bump him up to a four? I think he... I, I can check it up right now. I'll make sure. But I think he's around like 400 or 500 top guys in the country. So, I mean, I can see him scooting up into the, the 300 just because he's, um, he's just a, like I said, he was a tight end before. He's got some really good feet and he's, he's carries his weight really well. 
one thing that makes it a little hard for him, he, he plays left tackle in high school. So evaluating him now when they project him at guard is a little bit difficult. But also, like as I wrote, since his inception of the ranking, he hasn't played a full healthy season at what he's playing right now. So I think it's going to be a big year for him down there. Yeah, he's currently in the in the twenty four seven sports composite rankings. He's pretty far down. He's at seven ninety eight. But in the twenty four seven sports just their straight rankings, he's up more than two hundred spots at five eighty three. So now that he's healthy, I do think that you're you're probably right. There's probably a really good opportunity for him to move up in those rankings uh and and kind of show what he's made up now that he has a chance to do so. Uh, you know, being 100% healthy after the labrum injury. I plan on seeing Jacob. He comes up to Central Ohio. For any fans that want to catch a game of Jacob, James, and Joe Royer, he will be in Gahanna the first week of high school football in Ohio. Oh, cool. Yeah, check your local listings. Um, Okay, so going from a 2020 offensive lineman to a 2022 athlete, while you were down there going from elder to alter, you had a chance to uh, catch up with the number one rated athlete in the 2022 class, and that is C.J. Hicks. What did you uh, find out about him? Where is he in his process? What's he think about Ohio State? Oh, wow. That, he's a ginormous kid for only being a sophomore in high school. He's about 6'4", I think about right around 200 pounds. And right now he plays sort of a – I believe last year he played more of a running back style. Now he's going to play running back and strong safety for his high school. But after talking to a few people that have seen him play, he really looks destined to be a high school outside linebacker. If he adds on another inch or two, he could honestly be a defensive end for Larry Johnson down on the D-line. Hmm. But his recruitment, it's pretty wide open at this point. I, he went to a few different camps this summer, picked up a ton of offers. I believe he's around the, the 15th to 17th range. After talking to him, he told me specifically that Jeff Halfley was ready to offer. But um, I just, through the whole shakedown of things, I don't believe Jeff Halfley got the okay. He's only going to be a sophomore in high school, so I believe there's plenty of time. But the one issue will be is that Hicks, I believe, will be in the five-star area, a national recruit kind of guy, not just an Ohio kid. So he's going to – he'll be a name to watch where other big schools will be coming in. So I'd look for Ohio State to get moving probably maybe during the season, if not right after the season, just to try and get a head start on him, maybe lock him up early. Do you think that he's one of those guys being an Ohio kid who, if they do end up getting him – an offer here, whether it's during the season or immediately after the season, do you think that there's such an allure and a connection to Ohio state that he commits and kind of pushes off some of those national opportunities? Or do you think he goes through this whole process and uh, maybe takes his, his full allotment of official visits before finding a school to commit to? Uh, I know he's got a really good support group between his mother and his trainer right now. And I don't think they're going to force him to do anything. I, I do see him being, since he has the support group, I see him taking some unofficials, maybe seeing things in the spring. But I, I, I do see him shutting it down before his senior season, probably after his junior season, being a Buckeye. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's still why. He's a 2022 kid, so he's got plenty of time to explore all his options and make sure he gets the right decision. So while you were down there, you uh, hit up another 2022 prospect, and that's Chase Harrison, a quarterback out of Centerville. High State has a long history of players from Centerville, including quarterbacks. What did you uh, What did you see from him? Well, this is also another guy I saw when I went to, attended the June sixth one day camp at Ohio State, and he was he looked very good there. Mike Yersich was working a lot with him directly, had an eye on him the whole time. But after talking to Chase, I I really expect his recruitment to take off as a little bit as I wrote about. He's a, he's just he's got the prototypical size. He get he'll get a little bit bigger. He's six two, about one hundred ninety pounds right now. 
I look for him to probably get another inch or two bigger. And he he's very accurate, precise with his throws. He has a lot of arm strength. I believe if you go to his Twitter, you can find a video of him throwing 50 or 60 yards, no crow hop, just standing position. So he's got a ton of arm strength for only being a sophomore in high school. And he only has three offers right now. I, I wouldn't expect Ohio State to jump in too early, but if a few big national offers come in, I'd expect Ohio State to follow suit maybe after this season, next summer. And this is this is one of the things that I think is really interesting because during his time at Ohio State, Ryan Day has worked with a number of different styles of quarterbacks. And I think that the assumption is that he would prefer somebody who's more of a traditional prototypical quarterback, someone more in the vein of Dwayne Haskins than JT Barrett. Then when you have somebody like Justin Fields who just drops in your lap in, in the transfer portal, that kind of changes things. As Ryan Day has started to recruit his own players, including people like Jack Miller, do you think that we're going to see more in the vein of a traditional pocket passer? Or do you think that we're going to be looking at Ohio State going after kids who have that dual threat ability and maybe it's more 50-50 rather than, I don't know, 85 passing, 15 running? Uh, I definitely expect him to go more of the prototypical pocket, pocket passer out, but I mean, you face the facts, they're all D1 kids. They're all very good athletes, but I, I expect him to value the arm above anything. And I think Chase Harrison will fall right along the line of Jack Miller, who's the current commit, and then the 2021 commit, and Kyle McCord, who I, I've talked to plenty of times, have a good relationship with. And I think Harrison follows right in that vein. There's a few other names in 2022 that they're still looking at quarterback-wise, but I, I like I like Chase Harrison to be one they watch. Very cool. Well, one guy that we know is very much going to be a Buckeye, and that was reaffirmed on Monday when you were down there, and that is Paris Johnson, the offensive tackle from Princeton High School, who is the number one player in Ohio in his recruiting cycle. This was an interesting recruiting process, especially after Urban Meyer retired. Things got a little dicey there. Fans got really nervous about Paris Johnson. But once he received his official acceptance letter from Ohio State, he shut it down. He officially said he committed to Ohio State, and I and he he's not going to change. I, I know that that's what most people expected, but it still probably had to feel good for a lot of people following this who had a little agita every time Paris took an official visit somewhere else. Yeah, I I, I definitely think not only to get to Paris, but I, get it to the fans, but also... After talking to Paris, I've seen him a few other times. Like I said, seen him at the June 6th one-day camp. Saw him on Monday. Completely different Paris. After like shutting it down, knowing everything's done, I think a big weight's been lifted off his shoulders, and he's able to just talk football, play football. He's very vocal and very open about everything he talked about. And like I wrote about, this is a stud. This is a future NFL left tackle that Ohio State's getting. And if since he's really enrolling at I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets right in there with uh, Nick, Nicholas Petit-Ferrer and challenges maybe for that left tackle spot if Darren Mumford leaves early because wow. he's a prototypical left tackle. And he's a smart kid, too. And, I, I mean, he's – I mean, you can you can talk about this, but, I mean, he's not just a, you know, a big kid with some athleticism. He's got a lot going on uh, in the classroom. And when you hear about the adjustment period that it takes high school offensive linemen to adapt to being a, a college player, that's really where the issue is. That's why you don't see a ton of young players getting opportunities to play, let alone start on the offensive line for Ohio State is because of the mental adjustment. Paris Johnson, as athletic and good as he is, he's also a pretty smart dude as well. Yeah. And I believe it is wreaking its benefits right now with 
Harry Miller in Ohio State, and there's tons of rave reviews about how he's performing, standing out. Um, I think Paris will follow right along those lines. I, he might even have the playbooks now studying him. I think when he gets on campus in January, he'll hit the ground running. And I, I've been thinking about it recently after looking at this 2020 class. With all the guys early enrolling, I wouldn't be surprised to see three, maybe four black stripes come off next spring with just the types of guys they have early enrolling and the players they have coming in. Yeah, I you wrote this in your article recapping the uh, trip down to Cincinnati. You said he, Paris Johnson is a 4.0 student and speaks fluent Mandarin, which is uh, I I barely speak English fluently, but I like Mandarin oranges. So that's uh, that's pretty impressive. Shows you the type of guy that Ohio State is getting in him. But you also had a chance since you were down there at Princeton High School to also talk to Paris Campbell's um, high school and future college teammate Darion Henry what's going on with uh, another really big dude exciting player that's on Ohio State's 2020 class well we talked about earlier Jacob James having a big senior season I expect Darion Henry to follow that same follow that same line he's a guy that injured I can't remember it was an upper body or a lower body injury I want to say lower body he injured some down there and just the whole summer he a lot of guys you talk to other people in the industry he was he wasn't himself that he was even his sophomore year, even his junior year, he his mobility was down. He just didn't have a lot of get off to him. And he tweeted about a little bit, little bit ago. I think the tweet was about twenty four seven should just take him out of his rank the rankings in general because he dropped pretty far down their last update. But I expect him to jump right back up. He's looking good. He he's looking lean. He obviously he's going against Paris Johnson Jr. every day in practice. I think they're doing nothing but making each other better. There, I expect Darion Henry to have a big senior season. And quite possibly the most interesting thing he said was, uh, I heard him say it to another reporter, but he's disrespecting the uh, the game a little bit. He's not disrespecting the rivalry. So it'll be interesting. I, I want to be surprised if Michigan tries to use some bullet, bulletin board material after what Darion Henry said. But I expect Darion Henry to come in in January, back it up, and you might even see him playing in the game year one. Oh wait, no, no. What I gotta know what what did he say? Par- paraphrase it if you uh, if you have to. But what exactly? Well, uh, what well, kind know, of shade? I know the direct quotes on another site, but it, it was along the lines of that he doesn't see Michigan and Ohio State as a rivalry anymore. Well, I mean, it's, it's hard to argue with him uh, after the past seven years. But uh, I love that. What was it? What was it? The the new Michigan quarterback commit who Ohio State didn't end up taking and. He ended up talking some trash uh, after that, and Patrick and I talked about it before. So a little yeah. healthy uh, healthy rivalry from the commits even before they get on campus doesn't hurt anybody. But um, All right, two more um, football recruits that I want to talk about real quick. You, uh, There's been so much consternation over the state of the 2020 running back recruits for Ohio State. You did get a chance to uh, see a 2021 running back that you want to keep your eye on, Corey Keener. Is that how you say his name? Keener? Kenner? Yeah. Correct. Corey Keener. So he's out of a Roger Bacon high school, which I I've never heard of to be honest with you, but uh, what's going on with, uh, with Corey? Well, I, I for long thought Corey was sort of Michigan bound. I thought that that's how I was going to along the line. So he's going to go, but after talking to him, I believe it's a dead even Ohio state and Michigan right now. One thing that did stick out to me a lot is that he, um, just the respect overall that he has for coach Tony offer he went as far to say, that he's the best in the country. And I, I think along the lines of developing running backs, Tony Alford's probably right up there. I think a lot, of, a lot of fans are scrutinizing his recruiting right now, which is warranted, but he's a great developer of running backs. There's no doubt about that. 
Yeah, I mean, and he's had a pretty good history with getting the right running backs in over the years. It's been, hit a little bit of a rough, spa, uh, rough spot over the past month or so, but it's hard to look over the totality of Tony Alford's career at Ohio State and think he's a bad coach or bad recruiter. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do moving forward. Obviously, they're going to have to start getting moving on the 2020 class, but there's still some time and some guys they're working on there. But um, the last football recruit that you... Uh, had a chance to check in with, and that is uh, Joe Royer. You mentioned him earlier coming up to play at Gahanna in a couple weeks. So 2020 tight end, another three-star guy that I think folks weren't too excited about, but he's, he's a tight end. There's not a ton of uh, of huge four or five-star guys that end up playing tight end. Um, apparently, he wasn't 100% set on coming to Ohio State, but you think he is on board now. Yeah, I, the the biggest thing about that was I think a lot of fans saw him get the offer that after that June 6 one day camp and thought that he was set and he was coming. I after talking to him, it wasn't a done deal. I think he um it definitely took him some time. He went back, looked through things. I know there was some time where it looked like Arizona State might be challenging Ohio State for it, but in the end, I think Ohio State and his relationship with Kevin Wilson just won out. And as far as his ranking, how highly related he is. I know 24-7 Sports has him as a four-star right now. The composite is a three-star. But um, when it comes to Ohio, guys, I really like to look at the um, 24-7 ranking because I know Ohio is covered really well by the 24-7 guys. That's a good – yeah, that's a good point. That the, Because there is so much recruiting coverage in the Midwest and around Ohio, sometimes those – numbers are probably a little bit more accurate because they have a little bit more insight than when you start factoring in everybody across the country and th- places like ESPN where and as they're part of the composite they might not exactly know everybody on the ground so uh, that's interesting that's good and the dude's got good hair as somebody who has very little hair I can uh, say in his profile picture on 24-7 sports I've long been admiring his uh his due so bring that to Columbus yeah uh, before we sorry before we get Get moving on to Michi Johnson. I do want to address one guy, Andrew Booker, who I went and talked to at Winton Woods High School. Another guy in the 2021 class that I think Ohio State will look at heavily next summer if he comes down to camp. In the 2021 class, I think Ohio State will take three, maybe four defensive ends. And if they're looking to take one that might be a, sort of a take and stow and develop for down the road, I think Andrew Booker will follow right along that line. He's got a giant frame, and he's he's about 6'3 right now. I expect him to get bigger. He plays outside linebacker. But he, if he gets in there and develops and keeps working on his pass rush moves, I think he could be a real steal for Ohio State. And I know he's had some opportunities to work with Larry Johnson. And anytime you get a kid who's got the size and got the athletic ability, the opportunity to, to learn under Larry Johnson, chances are that he's going to be better for it after a few years. So if that's the case that ends up happening, Ohio State gets him and develops him for a while, lets him learn before really throwing him into the fire of being on the field. I would imagine that he will have a tremendous opportunity to improve under Larry Johnson's tutelage. So yeah, no doubt. As you mentioned, let's move over to uh, some basketball. Ohio State basketball did pick up a 2021 commit in combo guard Michi Johnson. Um, I know you've talked to Michi recently. I think you talked to his coach as well, right? Um, or maybe his, uh, his dad or something. I, I don't I t- remember. Yeah, I talked to his father recently. His father. So give give fans the rundown on who Michi Johnson is, what he's got going on, what Ohio State basketball is getting from him. Well, Michi Johnson, first off, is a very, is a very polished scorer. I think if you go back and look at the highlights, his freshman year when a current Ohio State basketball player, Alonzo Gaffney, was his teammate. He dropped 50 points in a game, I believe, 
in a, in a regulation game, though, over time, he dropped 50 points. Uh, he's an elite. He has elite four vision. You can score the ball just as well as anybody. Um, you can go look up his highlights. Obviously, he's a little well known for um, being um, LeBron's nephew. I say in air quotes because it's not necessarily his nephew, but yeah, he calls him nephew, and that's good enough. Yeah, but um, yeah, the biggest thing was after talking to Michi Johnson's father. Michi got hurt this season after the um, right before they started the playoffs and um, tore his ACL, and the biggest thing. Because I, I think that this commitment caught Ohio, a lot of Ohio State fans, um, caught them a lot of them off guard. But Ohio State has just been pushing, even after the injury, pushing, pushing. And uh, Mr. Johnson just said that, that that's really what put it over the top, is that they, no matter the injury, they, they didn't give up on him. They just kept working on him. I mean, this is a kid that Chris Holtman went and offered before he played a, a minute of high school basketball. He offered him before he stepped on the court, and the relationship's been building ever since. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's pretty impressive when the head coach offers you before you've even played a game of high school and then keeps with you despite an injury. So that says a lot uh, about what Chris Holtman and the Ohio State staff think of Michi Johnson. He is, as we said, a 2021 commit, the second one in that class, which is a little ironic considering the 2020 class is the next one for the Buckeyes, and there is not yet a commit in that class. So what is going on uh with the 2020 recruiting class for basketball, what are we expecting? Do we think that we're going to get some some booms coming for basketball here soon? And why is it that there is no commit so far in this class? I think the biggest thing is Chris Holman knows it, knows the power he has at Ohio State. He knows the kind of players he wants to bring in. He's a big person on. I, I don't really think you can take any uh, unless unless they're already committed. Ohio State's really going to narrow down their guys in the summer and the fall. During those evaluation periods, they're going to focus on two or three guys, the positions they need, and go get them, like they did last year getting DJ Carden. I mean, EJ Liddell, Alonzo Gaffney was an early commit, but that was obviously a guy they wanted bad. So obviously, I think the biggest guy. There's two names I really want to point out that they're. I think they're focusing on right now, and the first one is Moses Moody. He's out of um. He plays at Montverde Academy, the prestigious Montverde Academy down in Florida, and he's an he's just a six five shooting guard. He's an elite scorer. He can do all of it, and I believe he will be t- be in town for um, the August 30th um, Florida Atlantic game, I believe. And there's some people I know. There's rumblings out there. He played on each of the does. Um, Brad Bradley Beal Elite AAU team in the UIBL circuit. I know there's some rumblings out there. I think a few people are envisioning Moses Moody ending up at Ohio State and being maybe the first in this 2020 class because how young Ohio state's team has had to go after kind of the attrition that they had losing an entire recruiting class from Thad Mata's era because of transfers. And there's been a glut of, of young players getting opportunities to play. Is that hampering maybe the chances to get some kids into this class because they see kind of a congested pipeline to playing time at Ohio state? Is that part of it? Or is it just kind of a cork that people are waiting until, closer to their senior year or even finishing up their senior season of high school ball? Uh, I think a few things played in the factor of Ohio. I don't, I don't believe it's playing time. I think a lot of guys enjoy the fact that early people, people are able to come in early and get playing time. I think the biggest thing is that Ohio's class this year was not super strong. One of the top guys that they went after, Zeb Jackson, out of Maumee, up in Maumee, Ohio, committed to Michigan early. The biggest thing with that one was his, just his relationship with his AAU coach and Michigan. They've sent multiple guys up there. But just the state of Ohio was down a little bit. And then 
like I said earlier, Chris Holman is going to take his time. He's going to evaluate and he'll shake down with the staff, the few guys that they want to go after. And I think once they get the good, those few guys set, they more, more often than not will land those few guys that they want to go after. It's just a matter of getting those guys set and figure out who they want. So Moses Moody's the guy I talked about earlier, shooting guard. I think they have a really good shot at landing him. The other guy I want to talk to talk about is um Ryan Kalkbrenner. He's a um, center out of uh, St. Louis, Missouri, Ohio. Um, and a little interesting thing, he goes to the same high school as um, Ohio State football commit, Trinity Catholic in St. Louis, Missouri. Him and Mookie Cooper um, go to the same high school. But he's also a guy that he came up late throughout the process, and he um, – he had a good year this year on the AAU circuit with the, his UIBL team, the Nike circuit. And I think he, he's going to be in town eventually. Oh, no, sorry. Let me correct myself there. He just got out of town. He was um he was on Ohio State visit a little bit ago. And I think they're right there near the top with him. So like I said, he's from Missouri, so he's got schools like Illinois, a few other big Midwest schools that are competing for him. But if I had to say right now, I look at Ohio State getting hopefully Moses Moody and Ryan Kalkbrenner. Keep an eye out, though, for um, this is a big stretch. But if Ohio, if he does land here, I think Ohio State will be elated. And that's um, Scotty Brooks. I mean, Scotty Barnes. He's the number six guy in the country. Plays down at Mont Vern. He's, he's a guy that's not going to be deciding too soon. I, I would look for him to um, wait till the end of the process. And I think he's the same kind of guy that it follows with um, how Ohio State is approaching Elias Ricks right now. There might, be, might not be room in the end of the class. But he's just a guy that if if you got can land him, you push for and you make room eventually. And I think that's how Scotty Barnes will be approached. I'd look for him to land Moses Moody, hopefully Ryan Kalkbrenner. If not, they'll get some other center, and then look for him to keep pursuing Scotty Barnes because he's just a once in a lifetime talent that can come out to Ohio State. Yeah, and he goes to high school with Moses Moody. They play at Montford Academy, which I'm in Florida, so I, I hear a lot about them. Uh, so uh, who knows? Maybe that's a package deal that Ohio State can swing. But Ohio right. State's had a little bit of success at Montford with D'Angelo Russell. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure um, Michael Potter went there for a year, well, a senior year. Not, but as, mu- not, not too, as much luck with not, him. <laughs> yeah, not too much success, but they have a foot in the door at Montford. So I'd look for him to just pursue Moses Moody and Scotty Barnes there. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's great stuff, uh, Mick. I really appreciate you running through all of that. And we will be back maybe with a new name uh, for this podcast if people send in suggestions. But we'll be back on a weekly basis here starting soon with the football season. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode of Land Grant Holy Land State Secrets for now podcast. If you are finding the show on the site, make sure that you subscribe in order to get all of the ever-expanding LGHL podcast universe offerings. We are going to have just a crap ton of content for you starting with the start of the football season and it'll be covering Ohio State from every imaginable angle so make sure that you subscribe now at Apple Podcasts Stitcher TuneIn iHeartRadio Pandora Spotify wherever you get your podcasts you can find us there and don't forget to follow Land Grant Holy Land on Twitter at Land Grant 33 you can find me on Twitter at Matt. you can find Mick at Mick D. Walker and thanks for listening we'll talk to you soon and go Bucks.